God sees the very uh, end from the beginning. He sees Satan thrown into that bottomless pit for a thousand years. He sees that the enemy walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But he also sees a strong company of believers in the earth today that are standing up in their rights and privileges in Christ Jesus and putting him on the run because they're resisting him with the word of God, with the blood of the Lamb, and with the name of Jesus. Amen. So what if the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy? Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. And have it more abundantly. So what if he comes as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour? The Bible says he's given you world overcoming faith. And with your faith you can resist the devil. And when you resist the devil, the Bible says he will run from you as in terror. Why don't you just terrorize the devil a little bit and just ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Ha, 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 ha. All those lies the devil been telling you. Ha, 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 ha. Telling you you're going to go broke. Ha, 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 ha. He's a liar. He's the one that's broke. Glory to God. We're alive in God. We serve a God who meets all of our need. According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Well, you're going to die just like your mama died. Your daddy died. Let's just laugh. Ha, 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 ha. No, thank What are you laughing about? I'm laughing about Psalm 91, 16. With long life will he satisfy us and show us his salvation. He will show us his deliverance. Amen. You know, just try that on for size in your automobile some morning on your way to work. I mean, try it out on a blue Monday. You know, the Bible talks about stirring yourselves up, Amen. stirring up the gift of God that's on the inside of you, the precious gift of God, the Holy Ghost who lives on the inside of you. How many of you know you can stir him up on a blue Monday, on a terrible Tuesday, on a weary Wednesday, on a tough Thursday, on a freaky Friday? Glory to God. You can stir up, glory to God, the Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of you. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. Let him shout for joy and be ever so glad. Not sad. No, 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 no. There's no place for sadness in a believer's life. He has made me glad. The Bible doesn't say serve the Lord with sadness. The Bible says serve the Lord with gladness. So let them shout for joy that favor my righteous cause. Let them be glad in the Lord that God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Well, your papa was poor. Your papa was a rolling stone. Your mama was poor. Grandpa was poor. Grandma was poor. And you're going to be poor all the days of your life. Ha! Ha, 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 ha. Glory to God. I serve a God. His name is El Shaddai, not El Chipo. Try that on for size sometime. Not just in church. Thank you, Lord. You wake up some morning, feels like you've been kicked in the back of the head. You feel lousy. Can't hardly open your eyes, look in the mirror and go, ha. <laughs> ha 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 <laughs> Woo, glory to God that's better than looking in the mirror and go God glory to God everybody doing alright with this come on let's praise him a little bit glory to God Glory to God. Let them shout for joy that favor my righteous cause. Let them be glad in the Lord. Let the joy of the Lord rise up on the inside. Woo-hoo. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord. Well, you just got a big pink slip. Ha! Huh? God's got something better for you. You are not limited to your job. You are not limited to this world system. God is a God of a higher way and a greater way. Now, I'm not saying that you should quit your job. 
I'm not saying that you should look for a pink slip. But if you get a pink slip, know that God's got something better for you. Now, you didn't quite take hold of that one. I said, if you get a pink slip, know that God must have something better for you. Hallelujah. You got a better covenant established upon better promises. We have a covenant with a covenant keeping God. And God said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his seed out begging for bread. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Somebody says, sounds like you're faking it. Yeah, but I'm going to make it. Hallelujah. If I have to fake it all day long, I'm going to sing me a new song. Hallelujah. Glory to God. From the rising of the sun till the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Let's praise him. Come on, you need to praise him a little bit more. Oh, glory, glory to God. Glory to God. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. You know, you don't have to not dance now that you're a Christian. I said, you don't have to not dance now that you're a Christian. You don't have to stop dancing, just change partners. You don't have to dance with the spirit of this world. You dance with the spirit of God. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Let's keep our eyes on the Lord. Everyone say, ha, ha, ha. Woo, glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. Everybody doing all right? devil told some of you, you're going to hell. Ha! You're not going to hell. You're on your way to heaven. You're on your way to glory. Amen? The family of God is not a family of sorrow. It's not a family of sadness. It's a family of gladness. The kingdom of God, which you and I are a part of, is not a kingdom of condemnation. It's not a kingdom of sorrow. But it's a kingdom of righteousness. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, condemnation will kill you, but righteousness will raise you. The kingdom that, uh, that I'm a part of is a kingdom of righteousness. Right standing with God. Giving you and me the ability to stand in the presence of a holy God without a sense of guilt, fear, or inferiority, just like sin never existed before. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, clothed with robes of righteousness, cleansed by the blood of Jesus. That's the kingdom you and I are in. We're not, a, we're not in a kingdom of religion. We're not a kingdom of a long list of do's and don'ts. We're in the kingdom of grace. Oh, hallelujah. We're in the kingdom of peace, but we're also in the kingdom of joy. Joy, 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 joy. I speak joy on you. I speak joy on you. I speak joy on you. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You're here today and you'd love to open up your heart to Jesus Christ. You can do that even right now before the word goes forth. Before anything happens in this service, you can open up your heart to Jesus Christ. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, the devil's told you you'll never make it. You're on your way to hell. You've got a divine appointment and a divine assignment today. And that's for you to call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved beyond any shadow of a doubt. My Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth in him would not perish, but he would have everlasting life. You know, when you've got the son of God, you have life. When you've got Jesus in your life, he becomes the glory and the lifter up of your head. He'll give purpose in your life. He will cause definition to come into your life. Everyone here today with heads bowed and the eyes closed. By the uplifted hand in just a moment, you'd say, yeah, Pastor Mark, that's me. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We're not going to ask you to come to the front right now, but we're going to ask you, all of you, to raise your hand by the uplifted hand right now. They want to open up their heart to receive Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah, go ahead and raise your hand high so I can see it. Yeah, there's one, two, 
three. Anyone else? Four over there. Anyone else? I think there's two or three more. In the name of Jesus, you can put your hands down. You that have raised your hand, you can put them down. I think, I said, I don't know. I think there may be two or three more. If you've already raised your hands, you don't need to raise your hand again. But you say, yes, yeah, include me. I want to pray. Yeah, see that hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? Quickly, raise it over there. I see that. Yes. Anyone else? All right, let's pray. Amen. Look up and everyone say, thank you, Lord. You know what happens in heaven when one sinner repents? The Bible says that there's joy. There's joy among the angels. Amen. There's joy in the presence of God. And I think as a family, we should rejoice because people are coming from one kingdom into the Father's kingdom. Amen. So let's just all raise our hands and pray this prayer together. Say it with me. Heavenly Father, help your brothers and sisters pray this. I come before you in the name of Jesus. And I believe that Jesus Christ, you died for my sins. You became sin for me. You were buried and you were raised from the dead for me. And so I open up my heart right now and I invite you to come in. I make you my Lord and my Savior. I declare beyond any shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is my Lord and is my Savior. I am a child of God. I am born of God. I am a new creation. Let's just thank God for that right now. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, I think right now is a good time, guys, to have communion. So let's just go ahead and center in on the Lord. Pastor Tom's going to lead us some more in worship this morning. Thank you, Father. Let's just center in on him. Amen. Let's center in on him today. You see uh, some real strong preaching, uh, some very strong exhortation. Amen. And so within our services, sometimes you'll see maybe three or four sermons or, you know, maybe three or four segments, you know, within the service, but it's all tailor made by the Holy Spirit. It's all uh, tailor-made by the Spirit to fit you and to fit your circumstance. Amen? You know, Jesus, the Bible says that He went about teaching and preaching and healing. Not only did He heal, but He also preached, but He also taught. And uh, while preaching inspires, teaching informs. And we need them both. And so let's pray as we... Uh, approach this next, next segment of this time together. Let's pray and let's believe God together that the Spirit of the Lord would say exactly what needs to be said in this time. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, sir, to speak to our hearts through the ministry of your Word and your Spirit. We open our hearts with a teachable spirit and we receive with meekness the engrafted Word which is able to save our souls. Thank you, Lord, for these people, Lord God. I know your love for them is beyond our comprehension. And we thank you for the word of God now having free course in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. 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 I want you to open your Bibles this morning, if you would, over to the book of Luke. The book of Luke, if you would. And I want us to look at chapter 10. Luke, the 10th chapter. And in verse 1 and, uh, and verse 8 and verse 9, Luke 10, 1, it said, After these things the Lord appointed other seventy also. So he's appointing them and giving them kingdom authority to heal the sick and to cast out devils. He had already delegated this authority to the twelve, and now after this it's up to eighty-two. And he sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whither he himself would come. Verse 8. And into whatever city you enter, and they that receive you, each such things that are set before you. Verse 9. 
and heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, The kingdom of God is come near unto you. Anytime the kingdom of God is at hand, there will be devils cast out. There will bodies, bodies will be healed. People will be encouraged. And verse 17, it says, And the 70, notice they didn't return with sadness, they returned with joy. So we see the pattern of joy throughout the pages of the Bible. And so when the 70 returned, they returned with great joy. Amen. And they said, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us, notice, through your name. So we see here that evil spirits are subject unto those that call upon the name of Jesus through the name of Jesus. Devils, demons, and evil spirits have been stripped of their authority. They are defeated foes. Notice with me, in verse 18, Jesus said unto them, And I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Let's paraphrase this. I believe Jesus is saying, He ain't what he used to be. Why is that? Because he is a stripped... Under our feet, eternally defeated foe, he is not just a loser, he is the loser. Look with me at Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15. The Bible says, And having, this is speaking of Jesus, spoiled principalities and powers, he made a public display of them openly, triumphing over them in it. I love what Philip says. Philip says this, that he exposed them, shattered them, emptied them, and defeated them in his final glorious triumphant act. It has been said, when one king fought against another king and defeated him in battle, it was said that the defeated king was spoiled. The victor then would parade the captured king and other important prisoners through the town as a trophy of triumph. In other words, the victors would make a public display of their defeat, openly displaying their downfall. Another translation says this, that Jesus Christ put the devil to nothing. He made a triumphant victory over them in the cross. And that's what Jesus did before three worlds, before heaven, before earth, and before hell. When he rose from the dead and took the keys of death, hell, and the grave from Satan, he made a public display of them, declaring he has been eternally defeated, and those who will call on my name have been eternally redeemed. Somebody said amen. Amen. The The meaning of the word put to naught, simply means that he has been reduced to nothing. Look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. The Bible talks about the wisdom of God. Don't you know, had the enemy known it, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. He would have just left him alone. But in 1 Corinthians 2, 6 and 7, it says, However, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, mature, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world, or of the dethroned powers of this world that come to nothing. I just dropped by this morning to tell you that Satan and all of his demonic forces have been dethroned. Now, the word dethroned means this. It's defined as to be removed from a throne or a place of prominence or to be deposed. The word deposed means to remove from office, to remove from position or authority. And here's what Jesus said as a result. He said, Behold now, I give unto you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. 
Do you think after everything that Jesus has said to them, they went out from that place with their knees knocking? No, they went out from that place with a renewed and a refreshed uh, uh, revelation that Jesus Christ has given them all power and all authority over all demonic forces. And you know what? That same authority and that same power has been transferred to the body of Christ. That same authority and that same power belongs to you and it belongs to me. We are not to be become running roughshod under the devil's dominion. You and I are to rule and to reign in life as kings dominating Satan and all of his forces. Amen. Now look with me in Matthew chapter 16 now. And notice with me in verses 13 through 19. Matthew chapter 16 verses 13 through 19. And when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Let's look at the next verses. And they said, Some say that you're John, the Baptist, some Elias, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And then Jesus said unto them, But who do you say that I am? Now notice what Peter's answer was. Peter answered and said, Thou art the anointed one, the Son of the living God. Next verse. And Jesus answered and said unto Peter, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood did not give you this revelation, but my Father which is in heaven. So this revelation came directly from the Father. Next verse, verse 18. And I say also unto you, that you are Peter, and upon this rock I am going to build my church. Now, I grew up Catholic, and the Catholics teach us that the church, the body of Christ, is built upon Peter. The body of Christ and the church is not built upon Peter. Peter is not the rock. The rock is Jesus, and the rock of revelation that the body of Christ is built on is that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. And so he said, and upon this revelation, I will build my church. And furthermore, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The gates of hell will not prevail against a born again, spirit filled believer who has the revelation that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, and that they've been given the name above every name. Hell may throw everything it has in your way, but you will stand unmovable on the rock of revelation, Jesus Christ. And hell will try to prevail. But guess what? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in hell. Amen. Next verse. And he's not done speaking. And I will give you something. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now with these keys, Jesus says, whatever you shall bind, whatever you shall stop, whatever you shall prohibit on earth, I'll back you up in heaven. In other words, when hell's winds assail against you, you have the keys to stop them. When all hell breaks loose on you, I've given you keys and with those keys, you can stop them dead in their tracks. I'll give unto you. The keys of the kingdom of heaven. Not just Pastor Tom. Not just Kenneth Copeland. Not just Brother Jimmy. He'll give unto every one who calls on the name of Jesus keys. These are keys of authority. These are keys of dominion. These are keys that will stop the devil dead in his tracks. And loose heaven's help every day in your path. Amen. And I will give unto you. The keys. What are you doing with your keys? Are you using your keys? Whatever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever thou shalt permit on earth shall be permitted in heaven. The name of Jesus is Satan's greatest nightmare. The name of Jesus is one of the major keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
Jesus said, in my name, believers shall cast out devils. In other words, in my name, believers shall drive devils out. Think about it. When Jesus saw the money changers in the temple, he was very grieved. He says, you've turned my temple into a place of money changing, but my place shall be called the house of prayer. And the scripture says that he drove the money changers out. It's the same word for in my name, you will cast out devils. Jesus does not want you to be driven by evil spirits. Jesus wants you to drive them right out of your life, right out of your mind, right out of your body, right out of your money. In the name, 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 in the name. The name of Jesus on the lips of the believer is Satan's greatest nightmare. He's afraid of that name. The Bible says that devils, demons, and evil spirits believe and they tremble. He is not all what he's cracked up to be. Now notice with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. You following with me so far? 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I want us to notice in verses 3 through 5. You have been authorized. You have dominion. For though we are living in the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh. What that means is. You know, though we have physical bodies and we have, you know, this fleshly body to contend with. He says, our war is not after the flesh, is it? Okay, so, so there, is, there is a war for the believer, is, is there not? You know, in Ephesians 6.12, he said, for we wrestle not against principalities and powers, but against what? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. So the battle that you and I are engaged in is not with flesh and blood. Amen? I'm not battling with you. You're not battling with me. Amen? The battle is with unseen forces, principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this age. Now notice... Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So there is a war. Notice with me in verse 5. But the weapons of our warfare, they are not fleshly. They do not originate in carnal, mere man. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Gloria Copeland said this years ago. I can't improve on it. It's just burned in my spirit. She said this. Satan is limited in his warfare against you. But we are unlimited in our warfare against him. And the weapons of your warfare are not carnal. But mighty. Through God. Now notice. For the pulling down of what? So we see here that Satan wants to set up strongholds in our lives. Does he not? But you've been given the name of Jesus to pull them down. He may come and set them up, but you can pull them down. I'm going to say that again. He may come against you one way, but he'll have to flee before you seven ways. He may come to bring a stronghold into your life, but the name of Jesus will pull it down. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. Notice next verse. Read it with me. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. So with the name of Jesus, we cast down those strongholds that he's brought into our lives. Through the authority of the believer, you and I are to give the devil no place. Now, I think last week that we'd closed with James 4, 7. 
And Ephesians 4.27, and I want to amplify on that just a little bit this morning. In James 4.7, the Bible says, Submit yourselves therefore to who? To God. When the Bible says to come into submission to God, what that literally means is come under Him. Draw nigh to Him with your entire life. Don't leave anything reserved for the flesh. Don't leave anything reserved for your carnal nature. But when you subject yourself to God, come under His wing. Love Him with all of your heart, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. Do your very best to find out what the will of the Lord is and then submit to that. You see, when He is Lord of your life, He'll have something to say about what you do with your life. When Jesus is Lord of our lives, He'll have something to say about what we do with our time, with our money, with our bodies, what we do to entertain ourselves. So when it says... Be subject to God. Submit yourself to God. That means make Him your entire Lord. Amen? When you have received light from the Word of God, did you know that you are responsible to walk in it? Amen? See, the entrance of His Word gives you light. Once the light of God's Word reveals an area of my life that needs adjustment, for me to reject that is to reject the light. That's not to submit to Him. But once the light comes, I'm responsible to walk in the light. Amen? Amen? Amen. Once the light of tithing came, I'm responsible to tithe. Once the light of loving your neighbor as yourself came, I'm responsible to love my neighbor as myself, regardless of how my flesh feels about it. Once the light comes to forgive others, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven me, I have no, absolutely no choice not to forgive. I must forgive. Amen. Amen. Everyone say, I will. And I do. Walk in the light as He is in the light. So that is part of submission. Submitting yourself to God. Now the rest of that verse in James 4, 7 says... When you submit yourself to God, then you will resist the devil, and then, and then only will he flee from you. You see, if my life is yielded to God, the devil's going to have to yield to me. But if my life is yielding to the enemy, the devil won't yield to me. Now, turn over to Ephesians 4, verse 27. Say it with me, I'm not afraid. Now, on the way over there, let me just tell you this. There is not one single time in the New Testament that we're ever told to pray that God the Father or Jesus would do anything against the devil. The believer is told to do something about the devil. And the reason is because you and I have authority to do it. The church is not to pray to God the Father about the devil. The church is to exercise the authority that belongs to them. The New Testament gives you and gives me the responsibility to do something. The least member of the body of Christ has as much power over the devil as anyone else. But unless believers do something about the devil, nothing will be done in a lot of areas. Now look at Ephesians 4.27. Ephesians 4.27. Read it with me. It says, Neither give place to what? Neither give place to who? Neither give place to the devil. That means... That you and I are to give him no place. And that means that he cannot take any place in my life unless I give him the permission to have place in my life. Now the word place there, where it says neither give place, is the Greek word topos. And it literally means it refers to a specific or a marked off geographical location. It carries the idea of a territory, 
of a province, of a region, of a zone, or of a geographical position. We get the word topographical map from that word. What this lets us know when Paul was trying to get over was this. When he says, neither give place to the devil, it lets us know that the enemy is after every region, every zone in our lives. He's after your money. He's after your health. He's after your marriage. He's after your business. He's after your mind. He's after some of your testimonies. He is a thief. And he comes to rob, to steal, to kill, and destroy. But the Apostle Paul says, don't give him any topos. He is so territorial. That's why it was so difficult to get this building. That's why I have pastor friends that have been in battles with cities, not for five years, but for ten years in the state of California. That's why Faith Fellowship did not get their building in San Leandro. Because something unseen beyond the city council was operating. It was an evil spirit. That is why my good friend Bayless Conley had to go to battle with the city of Los Alamitos and Cyprus for 10 plus years. The enemy literally is territorial. He does not want to give up any ground. And when you stand up and put your stake in the ground and say, Devil, this is mine. You can't have it. The gloves are off. The fight is on. When you go to buy your first home, the gloves are off. He is territorial. He is stupid. He is the small g God of this world. And he thinks ultimately that he's going to have it all. And he's trying to hold on to everything he possibly can. But all the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. We went face to face, eyeball to eyeball with him. And we took five acres right out of his kingdom. In the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, it was a fight. And if you're not ready to fight, don't even show up. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6.12, you've got to fight the good fight of faith. There is a fight to enforcing Satan's defeat. He is a defeated foe, but you still got to show up. And if he can get you into the arena of your senses, into the arena of your mind... And into the arena of reasoning, he'll whip you every time. But oh, there is an arena called the faith arena. There is a zone where you walk by faith and not by sight. Where you're fighting with the blood and fighting with the name. The battle's not yours, but it's the Lord's. There is a rest to enter into when you fight the good fight of faith. And you know what? If God be for you, who can be against you? So he's territorial. That's my point here. And and so what he's looking for, he's looking for an entry point. Okay? He's looking for an entry point. When it says, don't give him any place, that means that he's looking for a place. He's looking for a zone. He's looking for some territory in your life where he can get place. Now, the word devil comes from the Greek word diablos. The compound prefix for diablos is is dia and balos. The word dia means through, and it carries with it the thought to penetrate. What this is saying to us, when we are not to give the devil any topos in our lives, what this is saying, make sure you shut him down and never let him into any area of your life, because once he gets in, he'll start penetrating and try to take more. He'll penetrate the soul of man. That's why I don't believe in having pity parties. Because if he can get you into a pity party, he can turn it into full-blown depression in days. That's why I don't believe in talking fear thoughts and speaking fear words about the economy. 
Because if he can get us in fear and get a place in our life, he can penetrate our soul to where everything we see, we see through the lens of fear. Joyce Meyer says this, that fear is false evidence appearing real. And God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a soul mind. And he'll make you feel the fear. He'll make you feel the oppression. He'll make you feel the depression. But understand this, that it's not yours and it doesn't come from heaven. So you resist it in the name of Jesus and take your authority and give him no place. Don't give him any place. Now there is in the Bible what the Bible calls familiar spirits. Do you know what a familiar spirit is? A familiar spirit is an evil spirit that is familiar with you. Now I want to spend the balance of this time today because it's very important to talk to you about some things that will help your life in the context of giving him no topos. Giving him no entry point. Can you give me just a few more minutes? There is a scripture in the Bible, and it is in the Amplified Version, which says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, it says, Do not be so deceived and misled. That tells us right now that Satan is the deceiver. Is he not? If Satan can deceive you, he can defeat you. And so the warning is, is do not be so deceived and misled. And then immediately he talks about who we pal with, who we fellowship with. This is interesting. He says, evil companionships, communion and associations, corrupt and deprave good manners and morals and character. Now listen very carefully. Who you pal with will rub off on you. For good or for bad. You see the principle in the word of God. How about Elijah and Elisha? Once Elijah passed, it was easily recognizable that the same spirit that was on Elijah came upon Elisha. Amen? They had a kindred spirit. Now, oftentimes in families... There is sometimes the passing on, if you will, of things that have been in families for years and years trying to be passed on to you. For example, depression. Grandma was depressed. Grandpa was depressed. Dad committed suicide. And mom's depressed. Well, hello. The next thing you know, my brother and sister, that depression's going to knock on the door of your soul. Now, just because these things ran or run in the family doesn't mean that you have to buy into it or that you have to have it. Now, the reason why is because Jesus was cursed so that you might be blessed. He bore the curse of generational curses for you. It's been broken by the blood and you don't have to have it. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to commit suicide. You don't have to be fearful just because you grow up in that kind of a family. Come on. You are in a new family. It is the family of God. Lord, help me say this. Help me say it. I am not going to associate with people that are full of fear. I'm going to help people that are full of fear. But I'm not going to get in their fearful conversations with them. Because I do not want what's on them on me. That doesn't mean I don't love them. I love them. I'll love them right out of fear into faith. Amen. Listen, I've been delivered from drugs 35, 36 years. I don't know, many, I don't know how many years. 36 years. But I'm no idiot. I'm not stupid. I'm not going to go over to the crack house and witness. I'm not going to do it. I refuse to let what is on other people's lives get into my life. I got to protect my spirit. I cannot give place to the devil. I want to help people that are stricken with grief. 
I want to lift them out of grief. I want to love them right out of grief. But I'm not going to get down in the mully grubs with them and have a pity party with them so that a spirit of grief comes on me. I refuse to. I'm not going to give place to that. Am I making myself clear? And it's not just people you have to beware of. You have to beware of the kind of music you listen to. There are evil spirits behind a lot of music. I know. I came up out of the Black Sabbath days. I came up out of the Santana days. I know what they were saying. I saw the black cats. I saw the demonic forces. I know what kind of music a lot of that rock and roll generates. Not to say violent rap. Give me a break. Well, that's just music. No, it's not just music. It's a spirit behind the music. Look at the authors. Look at the writers. They're worshiping other spirits. They're fellowshipping with other gods. But you, you serve the Most High God. Be careful what kind of movies you watch. If you've had a problem with lust... You had better watch yourself. And I'm not just talking about movies. I'm talking about television. Or should I say someday's television. I'm not against TV, but TV don't control me. I control it. And, And it shouldn't be controlling you either. You should be controlling it. There is so much suggestive sexual innuendos on television. The edge of night. As the stomach burns. Peyton Place. You watch that stuff and feed on that stuff. Next thing you know, you'll think your eighth grade girlfriend's still in love with you. Give him no place. Give him no place. You have to ask yourself, what spirit motivates that writer? What spirit motivates that producer? And do I really want to gamble? Do I really want to expose my spirit to the kind of spirit that's being generated through that? That's what the Bible says. Don't give him any place. I don't care how long you've been delivered. You'd be sitting in your living room some Saturday night. You've been delivered from something for 30, 35 years. And outside, honk. About three, four devils show up. Hey, Joe, remember us? We're going clubbing tonight. We're going to go to the gentleman's club. Hey, Joe. Come on out with us. Sometimes when you least suspect it, the devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. We don't have to be afraid of him. But listen, to be forewarned is to be equipped and ready with the power of God and with the name of Jesus. Familiar spirits. I purpose and I watch very carefully who I follow. Who I listen to preach. I'm not going to follow someone that's criticizing other preachers. I'm not going to follow someone who feels as though it is their call in life to correct every false doctrine in the land. And I tell you who else I'm not going to follow. I'm not going to follow someone who's criticizing politicians. There's something greater that we can do than criticize politicians. We can pray for them. And we can believe God for them. Are you listening to what the Holy Ghost is saying today? See, the Bible says don't give him any place. The mere fact that he says don't give him any place tells us that we can give him no place. Now listen very carefully. Look at with me to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 25. We'll close. We'll receive an offering and go home. Are you getting anything today? Don't give him any place. Give him no topos. 
What you fellowship with can open a door and give the enemy an entry point into your life. Don't hang around with an angry person. Lest the spirit of anger get on you. Don't hang around with lusty people. Lest the spirit of lust get on you. Don't hang around with a bunch of downtrodden, depressed people. Lest it get off on you. Help them. Love them. Get them out of it. But don't get into close fellowship with it. It's a word from God. Proverbs 4 verse 20. I want to look at the New Living Translation. It instructs us to do something with our mind, to do something with our eyes, to do something with our feet, to do something with our physical senses. In Proverbs 4 verse 20 through 25 in the New Living Translation, it says... Yeah, they'll get it in a minute. Are you, do, you enjoying church today? Yes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I always have my trusty iPad standing by. All right, verse 1. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. So protect your ears. Verse 21. Don't lose sight of them. Keep it before you. Let my word, let his presence penetrate deep in your heart. Verse 22. For they, my words, bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Verse 23. Here's what I want you to see. Guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. Guard the entry points of your life. What you see, what you hear, what you say, what you open your heart to. What you behold is what you become. What you open up your spirit, your mind to will drop into your spirit. And so he says, above all, guard your heart above everything else, for it determines the course of life. Verse 24, notice with me. Avoid all perverse talk. So there's your speech. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you listen to. When they gather on the job to tell off-color and dirty jokes, walk out of the room. Or just pray in the Spirit quietly. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Verse 25. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what's before you. So do you see in the Word of God that you have the ability to do these things? You have the ability to not give the enemy any topos. Let's pray. Right? Let's all stand to our feet and let's pray. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.